Loud and clear. So you guys will like this. Um, so you know on the walking trail, there's those houses that are off to the side of the trail? Yeah. There's a house down there that just put up a massive Trump flag. Oh, good. Like a, you know, Trump, let's stop the bullshit 2020 type flag. Oh, it says bullshit? I, I don't know it. if it does or not, but it's just so ostentatious it might as well say bullshit. No more bullshit. That's what the one on Cram- uh, Pine Creek said. Yeah. No more bullshit 2020. Well, it it's huge, and um, God. and I was walking by there yesterday, and there's a bunch of people standing out front. Maybe they had just hung this flag. I don't know, but they were all talking. There's about six or seven of them, and um, they were talking about how Bashir is trying to cancel. This was before they announced the canceling of the NCAA and all this. They were talking about how Bashir is trying to cancel UK basketball. And so they were saying oh, it like a conspiratorial <laughs> thing, like wow. this was a conspiracy by br- the Democrats to cancel UK basketball. <laughs> wow. COVID COVID nineteen is a conspiracy to end UK basketball. Yes, <laughs> amazing, Dude, amazing sister- that China went to those lengths for that. My sister and mom are posting conspiracy memes on Facebook. And I was texting them. I've been texting them like updates. I mean, I yeah, I'm that one. I'm I'm the one in the family group chat that's sending updates about a hundred thousand cases <laughs> in Ohio. <laughs> and my sister responded, "You're freaking me out, man. I'm gonna block you." Really? Yeah. And I said, "You're gonna block us?" Because me and my sister, me and my other sister, were both going back and forth about it. And she said, "Y'all are freaking me out. I'm about to block you and all." I said, "You would block us in the middle of a global health pandemic?" She said, "Yes, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely." Well, some people don't want to really deal grapple with the the implications of the whole thing, and I think that's why the Trump people think it's a conspiracy. That's why they think that it's a conspiracy to tank the economy and make Trump look bad. <laughs> well, I mean, did you see? Not even the dem. The dems are idiots. They're complete idiots. They could never come up with a plan this good. Oh, I know. They're complete fools and losers. Did you see though that like Tom Cotton and Tucker Carlson, both like their messaging is that this is like a, we- a weapon from China. Like, oh yeah, it's all. It's just been. It's so bizarre. Like, th- like they. I think Tom Cotton had a statement yesterday that was like, we will avenge or we will get back at the people who did this to us or something like that (laughs) okay tom (laughs) yeah go ahead and march on the million person red army let's see how that treats you (laughs) 99 ribblings it's it's, uh, yeah i mean it goes without saying that this has all been so racist but even uh even i got you know we're all getting emails now from every single person we've ever bought anything from telling us how they're dealing with coronavirus and i got mine from dollywood yesterday my dollywood email saying how what's, they're do- ha- what's dolly doing to address covid 19 well in the first fucking sentence it's just so xenophobic in the first sentence it says coronavirus has made it to the united states which automatic it's just like that is just set even though they didn't say from china uh-huh it's setting up the, the, this language is just setting up the like this has penetrated our borders. This is an, you know, it's like an infiltration yeah. language. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, God damn it, Dolly. Which obviously Dolly didn't write this email. I'm not going to hold her totally accountable here. But who, some dumbass signed it. I don't know. Some person over Dollywood Parks. 
But even people, even just even theme parks have are using this rhetoric. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there's something I was gonna say. They feel like they have been infiltrated. Like this is like coming for us. <laughs> this is a war tactic. That's the next conspiracy. Right. Right. You know what's so hilarious about it is China fucking owns us, and it's like truly. <laughs> we could sit here and squirm and piss and moan and say all this racist or xenophobic shit that we want to, but it's like uh, you know they didn't stick a gun to our head and tell us to offshore our manufacturing for the last four decades and all that kind of shit. So uh, that was that was that was made by the most craven rich people in the world. Right. Yeah. Um. Well, China, as as we're recording this, has mostly got it under control. And um, so it's, you know, it's back to the races for them. They get to Back bi- to the races. Yeah, they get to get back and start trading again and, and producing. And meanwhile, we're about to go into it. And our economy just crashed. Our economy <laughs> crashed, Shane, yeah. It's not even strong enough to withstand two days of it. No, no. <laughs> Like, that's how fragile all these free markets are. And also, credit President Xi for doing the ultimate devil's milkshake and just going right into Wuhan. <laughs> Wait, what did he do? What did he do? I, I, think, he, I, I, think, he just, I think he just toured some of the uh, facilities in Wuhan and stuff. Yeah. I'm being facetious, obviously, yeah, yeah, about yeah. the devil's milkshake. I mean, it's what your leader should do. But, oh, he uh, went straight. Oh, I got you. Where? Yeah. Well, the the situation is really pretty grim. Um, not just because the markets are crashing, and not just because many people are dying, but because, I mean, you know, now in hindsight, is doesn't it just kind of seem like a bad idea that we have the same type of leader replicated in just about every developed country around the world, like Trump and Boris Johnson and Putin and Modi. And Vic, du- Victor Orban, Victor, you're a favorite. Victor Orban, Duterte, Bolsonaro, <laughs> it's just like the Australian wacko. Like we, we, like the same type of leader is running pretty much every developed nation at the moment of systemic crisis. <laughs> Did y'all watch Trump's address? No, I didn't watch it. You didn't watch it. I watched the hot mic moment afterwards, though. Did you see oh, that? Oh yeah, just where he was like, "Okay, Ooh. okay, <laughs> okay." <laughs> it's like he just t- he just picked up his cowboy hat, tossed it into the wind. <laughs> fucking maniac! And he let someone come get his mic off of him. Uh, no, it was pretty weird. I mean, he, you know, he can't he can't read, so and he's trying to read a teleprompter. <laughs> so all of it's oh. just it's just it's. It's physical comedy, really, is what it is. Are we, are we prepared for the very distinct possibility Trump does have coronavirus? I mean, Mike, uh, here's a conspiracy. Mike Pence is over. He's our health czar right now or whatever. And he's been over the, like, he's, Mike Pence has been the one who's been getting all the information for the past month about coronavirus or two months. I mean, it's been how long now? Yeah, about two months. About two months. He's been getting all the information and deciding how to proceed. So the buck stops at him. So maybe well, maybe the real conspiracy here is that he was like, oh, this is going to take Trump out. <laughs> and oh, I'm you get, think he's doing and like I'm a... I'm going to get to run this yeah. 2020 election. This is my time. He's trying to do like an LBJ to JFK. 
Yeah. He's trying to take wow. out the, the boss. <laughs> wow, that's a good one, Tanya. <laughs> Thank you. That's a very good one. I hadn't considered that angle, but I like it. There's always a good conspiracy. There's always a better <clears throat> conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. Lurking in the wind. That's true. Well, you know what? What's not conspiratorial is the fact that the Trump administration has purposely stifled all this testing and everything else to like keep the numbers low. Yeah. So as to suggest that the situation's way more under control than it actually is. Uh, that's like, uh, yeah, I was, I, you know, I, I try to hold these thoughts back on Twitter, but like, that's the kind of shit that like should make us, you know, try to form some sort of guerrilla army to drag this motherfucker out of the White House and decapitate him on national TV. <laughs> Just one man's opinion. I'm WYT. We're bringing we're bringing Mountain News with us, baby. <laughs> Just just one man's opinion. Hey, this is a parody account, NSA. This is a parody account. <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, maybe the virus will take him out first. We won't have to bother. I don't know if that would even make a hill of beans difference. Mm, well. I don't know. I mean, I think it's pretty crazy. Like, you know, I was telling Michelle, I was like, Michelle, there's almost definitely coronavirus at Wattsburg ARH right now. Oh, yeah. But we will never have a test kit. We, Absolutely We will not. never have a test here in Wattsburg. The hills rural, are... rural places will never <laughs> no. have tests. Not ever. We will have coronavirus here until 2027 and it will never be known because we'll never have a test. Everybody will just call that that's that thing that's going around. I really do know about six people in the last two weeks that have had flu B and same here. It probably was coronavirus. Sure. They've, they've probably had coronavirus. Surely. <laughs> yeah. Because it is awful late in the season for the flu. I mean, I know it's still possible, but like mid-March is not like peak flu time. You know no, what I mean? No, no. Yeah. I mean, they say flu season runs till May, but yeah, it's a pretty weird time to get the flu. Like January, February is like kind of like the peak season, you know? Oh, man. Something that I've been really thinking about lately is how... So one of the things that um, just kind of fucks my mind up about sports is the fact that it's just this never-ending, always-churning cycle that, like, there's never any resolution to it. It's, you know, there's differences year after year, but it's just kind of like... Um, it's the bread and circuses thing. It's just entertainment. But, like, it's interesting that this is the very first time in my life that I've seen the sports continuity actually interrupted. Me has, too. Has this I, ever happened? Do you I, not that? that I know of. And How you, about you, Tom? Have you ever known them to no. just cancel the NBA? No, I'm sorry. I was on mute. No, no. That's, uh, this is, <laughs> we've also not had a global pandemic that was like, nobody knew anything about, you know, in the modern era. So, right. Well, this is this is like some of the conspiracy memes my sister has been sharing on Facebook, and every time I'm like, "Please take this down. <laughs> this is so what? irresponsible." Where it's like twenty two thousand eight SARS two thousand nine. It's like every year there's some you know they could say that there was some like random H one N one you know. So is the thinking that it's like a media-driven conspiracy or that yeah. it's like a biological weapon type conspiracy? No, her, the ma- she's been sharing memes that at the bottom it literally says uh, Corona's not the problem. The media's the problem. <laughs> Disconnect or something. I mean, it is like InfoWars level shit. 
Where I'm just like, sis, please take this day on. Why? Why? Why are you doing this? Which she disinfects more than anybody. I know. I've begged, I've begged her to quit using bleach. She bleaches her children. She bleaches the whole fucking trailer <laughs> park. And I've begged her to stop. She's probably going to give herself cancer already. So I'm not worried about her not like being clean enough to take it seriously. But I, I checked out of the dollar store the other day with a few supplies. A thermometer. I was like, maybe we should have a thermometer just in case. If someone feels bad, we should be able to take our temperature. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I was getting a few other things. Some mail ate. Dollar store is the best place to get L.A. It's the cheapest. It's three fifty for a case. <laughs> anyway, um, and I was asking the girl that works there, which I've talked to many times before. They only have about four employees. I said, have you had people stocking up on stuff? Because I didn't notice anything looking. Like, nothing was really out. Yeah. Or out of place. And she said, oh, yeah, we can't keep hand sanitizer. But I hadn't noticed, probably because there was none. I hadn't even noticed that it wasn't there. Right. Um, she said, we can't keep hand sanitizer or alcohol or aloe because they make it and all this stuff. And I was like, man, it's wild. La 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 said, I they just canceled school. It's going to be hard for people. She said, I know. She said, but if God was meant for us to have it, then we'll get it. <laughs> and I just that's stood, my yeah. I just stood there for a second. I was just like, but I hope you'll still wash your hands. <laughs> she said, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> if we're meant to get it, we'll just get it. <laughs> oh, that's that's the number one fatalist attitude of Christians in the mountains. And, you know, it's not unfounded why they think that, but it's still incredibly selfish. I was I had to get on to my mom last night because she still insists on going to church. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, to sit out church for two months, you know, a couple months till we get a better rain on this is like a drop in the bucket. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, God will let that slide, I think. And she's like, you know, God will take care of us. And it's just like, yeah, but maybe just like y'all like Facebook really good these days. Maybe do something on Facebook. Start you know, a prayer Bible chain. study on Facebook. Yeah. Start something a, like that. Start a good prayer chain. Yeah. Another friend who has elderly parents that she's really worried about because they've both had lung issues in the past. So they're like in, very in particularly or particularly vulnerable because they've had lung issues. They are out riding the four-wheeler, fucking <laughs> going shopping. She went to visit her sister in a nursing home. Just like, what are you doing? Maybe stay home. Yeah. I like, cannot. I mean, it really is boomers who are the most like, no, nah, well, it's fine. I was thinking about this last night because I saw that there was a headline going around that was like uh, this reporter had gone and talked to a bunch of boomers in a retirement community in Florida. I think it was the villages oh the floridians they're yeah. the best and these and these people were like i just love to shake i'm a handshaker or something like that they were basically you like give it up. yeah they were like i'm just gonna keep living my life i'm gonna go on this cruise and <laughs> they're like fuck it and so like the princess is picking me up this afternoon <laughs> baby <laughs> unbothered so i could see how they could so on one hand that's incredibly reckless and almost like suicidal in a way because they're the ones that will be affected by this the most but on the other hand i could see it to where if i was like 80 years old i was like on my way out like fuck it i'm just gonna live my life and be damned whatever happens but then i was thinking about it and like that too is a form of nihilism because we live in a society where you don't get to enjoy life until you retire really you know you don't really get to go experience the mm-hmm. world or or try to channel your creative energies and in anything until you stop working mm-hmm. and so like that in and of itself is a feature of how fucked up the system is i mean so yeah yeah go ahead 
Yeah, no, I just say, imagine you work your whole lifetime and you've got a nest egg for retirement and then you, a global pandemic fucks you out of all that. I get it. It's still selfish. It's still nihilistic, but I get it. And not it's just part and parcel of this insane system that we have where, uh, you know, we don't get to enjoy shit till we're 65. And in the meantime, we get to loan an in, a not insignificant portion of our money to the most craven jackals in the world to play with for decades, hoping to get a four to eight percent return on that so we can live dignified in that retirement. Right, right, right. Yeah. No, it's pretty. Um, it's pretty crazy. The. Um, so I guess like mortality rates are on par with the Spanish the famous Spanish flu of like nineteen eighteen and nineteen, which killed millions of people. Um the difference is that that flu killed people like our age. And the reason mm-hmm. is that their immune systems would overreact to the virus. Um whereas this one is killing people, you know, over the age of sixty five or so. Um yeah. but no, they were doing like triage in Italy. They were like having to prioritize which patients to treat and which ones to let go. Because like, they didn't have enough beds? Pretty much, yeah. There or was supplies, the ICUs yeah. or whatever were at over capacity. And th- and this is why like when people think that we're overreacting, it's like like look what happened in Italy. Like there's no reason to believe it won't be any less crazy here. Well, and I tried I tried to explain this to my sister cuz I mean, I think this is another reminder. I mean, we shouldn't need these reminders, but it was definitely a big reminder for me that like we people really are comfortable thinking that we live in the greatest country. <laughs> people think that like we I mean, our president's on TV saying we have the strongest military, it, the strongest economy anyone's ever known. You know, like yeah. nothing bad can happen to us. It's, I mean, the, it's literally that's that scene in The Sopranos where the Russian woman is telling Tony Soprano, like, the problem with you Americans is you expect nothing bad to ever happen to you. Yeah. <laughs> like and, exactly like that. And I was trying to, my sister's, my, I mean, one sister is like posting crazy stuff on the internet, the conspiratorial stuff. And another is planning a trip to the beach. I mean, I really, I just, I just <laughs> talked her out of a cruise. She was planning a cruise and I talked her out of that. And she's like, well, I'm going to drive to the beach. <laughs> okay. Well, um, <laughs> I text Tom. I was like, do y'all think I should go to the beach with my sister? And Tom texts back in all caps, pandemic. <laughs> 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 Tanya, pandemic. Um <laughs> That means it's literally, there's not a place on earth it's not at. Right. And so I was trying to explain to my sister, I was like, this already happened in Italy. We already saw it. And they have a better health care system than we do. Like, they were more prepared than us to handle this. And it went really bad, really quick. Yeah. And my sister was like, huh, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you get to see in real time what we've been struggling with in the environmental movement for years, which is that people don't think it affects them or if it's not, if it's not literally drowning their backyard and sometimes in some cases, even if it is, they'll still like sort of disconnect from that and be like, well, no, that's just a media hoax or whatever. It's just like, it mirrors the whole climate catastrophe thing you know right it's also it's always it's going to happen to somebody else too it's like the hiv crisis was only going to happen to gay people Mm -hmm. you know what i mean exactly and we don't know any of those right i mean so 
again, like another th- so th- one thing that like I think it's very probably disorienting and jarring for a lot of people that the sports continuity is interrupted. That's fucked me up, honestly. I, yeah, I, and it's selfish. I feel selfish. I feel like a brat, but. No March Madness has really destroyed me. It took the wind be- from beneath my wings. Well, the reason why I was thinking about that because I was like, if it's fucking you up, imagine. I mean, imagine what it's doing to a lot of other people. You know, like imagine. So this is what I was really thinking about last night because I was talking to my buddy Evan, who is, lives in Colorado and works in the natural gas industry. We were talking about like. He was telling me that, like, natural gas is mostly safe right now, but, like, oil is crashing catastrophically. Um, oh, you mean safe, like, financially? <laughs> I thought you were about to tell us that it was clean. <laughs> it's natural. It's, it's, it's natural na- gas. natural. <laughs> totally safe. <laughs> Completely legal. You can breathe it. <laughs> Strap like, a bag oh, on your wow, face. Wow, your friend is really, <laughs> really. But, I mean, so imagine... Imagine if this was your life. Imagine if you just got laid off from your oil job. Literally months after it was announced that we discovered the largest oil reserve in North America. In North American history. In the Permian Basin. I didn't know that happened. Yeah, it it was, uh, you know, Trump announced in December that we are now energy independent because they discovered this new oil play in the Permian Basin, where I live, where I'm from. We have another area to colonize so so imagine if you just heard that news and then three months later you're laid off and imagine if that's happening at the same time that this global pandemic is spreading and that the sports continuity is interrupted because i guarantee you 98 percent of those oil workers watch sports and that's a part of their yeah. daily routine you've lost 25 percent of your uh retirement Exactly. And now they've taken March motherfucking madness. madness away. And everybody is getting sick around you. So, like, I just, you know, just something to think about. Like, what kind of conclusions would you draw from that? There's all kinds of conclusions. You know, again, and this is something that I think is a challenge for the left. It's like, how do you explain overproduction to a worker? Again, like, if you had just heard that we found the largest oil reserve and then you got laid off a few months later, it's like, how do you, what's the connection you draw there? You would think that, like, oh, there should be jobs everywhere. We have enough oil. Everybody should be employed. We should be and have enough jobs everywhere. But, like, because we live in capitalism, you can have overproduction. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I feel like a lot of, um, like mineral industry workers i feel like a lot of miners understand that better than i do is like because they know oh yeah they've lived through the boom and bust they know exactly what it means to be booming and how a bus has to come you know what i mean like oh, they've, yeah. they've lived those up and downs and they know as well as anyone right oh god yeah it's pretty crazy to think about because they literally follow the cost like the daily cost of barrels or, or of coal, of coal or, or whatever or, yeah yeah and know that the change is based on right totally well, arbitrary demands. <laughs> well, well, I guess what I'm saying is it's like a really good opportunity for propaganda, spreading propaganda, because it's like, I mean, for the left and the fucking InfraWars right, like nutbags, like because again, all these things are happening at the same time. You start to draw some conclusions. You know, it's like we were talking about this yesterday, me and Tom. It's like 
crises always illuminate how artificial everything is. Yeah. And, I mean, it's a pretty big radicalizing moment when the sports continuity is <laughs> disrupted. I don't know. I think that the, I I think that that can't be overlooked because if no. it's fucking you up. Oh, I'm I'm fully fucked up. Well, curiously, it's not fucking Tom up. Tom is our because Tom is glued to CDC right now. <laughs> I just, I That's think, his March Madness. Yeah, his March Madness <laughs> is the CDC. He's March got sadness. he's got coronavirus got in sadness. one bracket. Who do you have going to the Final Four, Tom? Coronavirus, <laughs> dengue, hemorrhagic fever. <laughs> Ebola uh, gonna make a comeback. Ebola's gonna make a <laughs> Non-Hodgkin's lymphoma is my dark horse to make it. <laughs> God damn it! Well, you know what's what's interesting about it? like I, I obviously I hate it. I love March Madness about as much as anything. But it, an interesting feature of my particular neuroses is that in a crisis I am on cruise control. It's it's when everything's going great that I fall apart. I don't understand it. I'm the same way. Yeah. Like I, I like I am I feel pretty damn good right now for some reason. You feel Not like free? Do you feel finally liberated? I I don't know. I feel like um I don't know if it's liberated necessarily. I just feel like that like you know, all the hours of preparation, baby, of worrying about nothing is pay. It's paying off right now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Feel like I've been in training like a boxer for this moment, a global pandemic. God yeah. damn, I do. You know, there have been kind of like funny takes about how um, climate change needs to hire a coronavirus as publicist, but there is something to that. That it's like this should be the new normal. It's like we should be on high alert. Because of climate chaos, like there, we should not be comfortable right now. There's literally no reason for anyone to feel comfortable right now, especially rich people. We need to take all their money, all their comforts away from them for sure. Priority number one, and use that to make people who've never been comfortable a little bit comfortable in their last days. But like the climate chaos should, like we should be thinking completely different all the time about how we interact on a daily basis, how commerce is moved, all this bullshit. I've been you know more... what it is? Go ahead, Tom. I'm going to tell you all what it is. I don't know if anybody's floated this shit. This is a head fake. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is just a trial balloon for climate chaos. <laughs> From what side? Who, who floated the trial balloon, the left or the right? It's <laughs> a good question. <laughs> I mean, I I ever since I went canvassing earlier this week, I've been obsessed with this idea that most Americans see their lives as this this like static dynamic. They don't see it as something moving towards any point of resolution or or change or anything. They just see it as something that it just exists and we're all part of this. Amer it's like a closed experiment, a closed feedback loop. It's just like we all it's all part of the American dream. Like we have politicians and they do their things and then the military does its thing and then the churches do their thing and then the hospitals and schools do their thing. And then the sports do their thing. So, you know what I mean? Like everything runs constantly, whether it's the stock market or sports or whatever. It's just this continual loop that never reaches any kind of resolution. But I think that it's very important to think about what starts happening when some of those loops get disrupted. 
No, yeah, I think I think the basketball, the sports stuff, is like the biggest red flag for everybody. Yeah, because it's just. That's like the, I don't know if you noticed this, but from Wednesday to Thursday, Tom and I recorded an episode on Wednesday, and by the time it came out on Thursday, it almost seemed callous and um, like dated because irresponsible. Yeah, because so, something yeah. happened between Wednesday and Thursday that made everybody start panicking, and the thing that happened was that the basketball. NBA suspended its season. NCAA uh, canceled the tournament, or I don't. At that time, I don't think they'd canceled mm-hmm. it, but they had said, "Yeah, that was yesterday." They were going to play without fans. They were going to play without fans, and so, I mean, that's the thing that kind of set everybody off. And so that's what that's what I mean. Like, did y'all have to re-record? No, we just put it out. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't serious enough. <laughs> no, no take backsies. Yeah, in it, I told everybody to go canvas, so I should probably say. Probably don't do that. You can do the texture and the phone dialer thing. Those are yeah. safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't don't be canvassing right now. Did you share your canvassing stories on the last episode? I did. Uh, well, I'll have to listen in. Not all of them, but I had some really good ones. I had some really good in a. Interactions good. and some good. really bleak ones too. I had some very bleak ones. I've been hawking those Bernie posters out of the back of my car at the grocery store and at Pound Lake. I love canvassing. I want to do it all the time. Fish now. pond. As long as there's a campaign, I want to canvass. You're a reluctant people person. You really are a people person once you get into it, it's but true. you don't want to. <laughs> you think you're not. It's so true. I've noticed this about you. Once I start talking to people, I'm like, man, I you love, love it. Shit. Yeah, you love it. <laughs> Uh, try try to get him out of the cabin to do goddamn anything. It's very true. It's very true. But once you make, that's probably actually it for most people. Like when we canvassed on campus, until we started talking to people, the the other two people with me were terrified. Right. I was right, like, right. these are college students. What's going to happen? What oh, are they the going to do? College students are knock out of the park. I was canvassing yeah. fucking housing projects. <laughs> well, we went there and they wouldn't get out of the car. Nobody there would get out of the car. I was like, "All right, well, we're leaving." If nobody's getting out of the car, they're like, "I don't." They were like, "I don't think these people are home." <laughs> okay. <laughs> Trust me, I'm from the housing projects. Most people are home during the yeah, because there were no cars. I was like, "Well, I got yeah. news for you: these people don't own cars." <laughs> but, but so yeah, so you know, when those sort of like loops start getting disrupted, whether it's the stock market or sports or whatever. It's a, I don't know, it's it's a potentially radicalizing time. It's not preferable, trust me. I don't think that no. this is good. Like, people are dying and the economy is contracting. We are actually in recession. I don't care what Trump or anybody says, the sh- economy is shrinking. I really do need y'all to explain to me this $1.5 trillion. One, I, don't, I can't even conceptualize how much money that is. Well, I don't think that was... $1.5 trillion, I thought, was the bailout in 2008. Right? They didn't do a new one. They did do a new no. one. It's five hundred billion. They oh. they injected five hundred billion dollars into so they call it like a liquidity injection, where they basically start paying banks to invest. Five hundred billion. Five hundred billion. Yeah. So they caused the market to rebound for fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. So there's a few things. So you it can... just disappeared. It just, it just disappeared. disappeared. Yeah. So there's yeah, a. F- I, I, a, 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 an amount of money that could have gotten us all health care could have unshackled everybody that's in debt disappeared in 15 minutes. Yeah, so the way our economy works is that is that so there's a few things you can do in situations like this. You can pay banks to start investing, which is what they did with the liquidity liquidity injection. You can also cut interest rates. This is also what they did. Yeah. They're talking yesterday about cutting it to 0%, which is hilarious 
Well, basically, all that. So what? They want people to go buy cars? Basically, it's not really the, at that level, but yes, essentially yes. What they're saying to banks is that credit is very cheap. If you make it zero percent, I mean, it's basically free. <laughs> And uh, they're essentially trying to boost faith in the market. But you still have to pay it back and have, and people are losing out their jobs left and right. What, can't they pass a bill that tells banks to freeze and not do any fucking thing? Well, freeze all fees? The, if you go get... Well, they've done, they, they've, they've done that. Well, nobody knew this, but the hidden hand of the free market also has an off switch. For when things get too hairy, they just quit trading and act like nothing's going on. <laughs> they did that? Yeah, little, little, little pussy babies. Little pussy babies. <laughs> I just it's like don't be don't be scared. Get everything you want and keep them motherfuckers open. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Crash it all. Well, um, so there's a few other things. So one point five trillion dollars did not get moved from the Federal Reserve. I, I think it was five billion. I think it was half a trillion. One point five trillion is the number that they used to bail out i could be wrong this is the headline i saw yesterday that was 500 billion i thought 1.5 trillion was the number they used to bail out the banks in 2008 like after you know Lehman brothers fucking ate shit out windows (laughs) um even 500 billion still really can't consider a massive amount of can't money. understand how <laughs> well, much no, that they, is they are pumping one trillion in i think they just put 500 billion of that in yesterday but here's my question like i'm i'm i mean this is all very confusing and uh maybe we're not gonna figure this out on this podcast fine and i should probably just research this on my own i don't know i feel like a dumbass because i know when people see the word fed they think that means the federal government right obviously that means the federal reserve right and the federal reserve is like oddly disconnected from our governance right it's a it's our central bank exactly but it's not like do we even have direct oversight of it isn't the oversight pretty weird so there's a there's a panel of governors is what they call them Oh, um, it's all the go- all the governors are over the Federal Reserve. No, not literal governors. There's like people who are appointed to essentially uh, run it. Like I think for a while it was Ben Bernanke. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I I don't even know who the current chairman of the Federal Reserve is or chairwoman. But or, like they act independently of Congress, right? They didn't need to pass anything. They didn't need to get any approval from a, any elected official to pump five hundred billion dollars. Also, where's that money been? They just pulled that out from under a couch. <laughs> I mean, I know it's all digital. Yeah, they yeah, weren't Tanya, in there printing. Tanya, Tanya, well, Tanya, this is going to blow your mind, but all this is is numbers on paper. It's literally created out of thin air. I know, I and know. And so this like, is partially why we're going into recession again, because they did this in 2008. It's called quantitative easing. I know. And they I, just create money. I feel like I fully understand. Nobody knows what a derivative is. <laughs> I'm like floating into libertarianism and I'm about to start asking where the gold is. <laughs> I literally don't know what I just cannot grasp. I cannot grasp any of this. And I like feel overwhelmed every time I see my balance on my new car that I owe $20,000 on, you know, yeah. like it makes me sick. <laughs> and they're just, just <laughs> throwing around f- half a trillion dollars. Yeah, I, like, I can't, I can't fathom this, and not to even mention the medical bills that I'm default on right now. Oh, and yeah. I'm a healthy, I'm a mostly <laughs> healthy bitch. Oh yeah. Um, no, part part of what's going on right now is the chickens coming home to roost from 2008. 
I mean, the economy should have gone into recession about two years ago or so. Is what they're saying. They've we've just been propping it up with popsicle sticks for about two years to protect Trump. Pretty much, yeah. Republicans I mean, have been propping this up. Yeah, to protect Trump, but also to protect, yeah, growth in yeah. the economy. Yeah, to protect capitalism. Project. To protect capitalism. To capitalism in the American project, right, Tom? Um, but uh, yeah. Um, so uh, there's some. There's a thread in the middle of that that I was going to pull out, and I can't remember what it was. <laughs> um, You're the thread man. Well, so in the midst of all this, one thing we haven't really um, talked about is how the rich are responding to this. I hope they start jumping out windows. They're doing the opposite. (laughs) They're going on vacation. (laughs) They're literally going on vacation. They're locking themselves in underground lairs. So they're at resorts. This, yeah, this article in the Guardian. Uh, it's written by Rupert Neat, who's a wealth correspondent, which is a great. <laughs> Imagine if that was your beat. Uh, that's. I wish that was Terrence's beat. I'm covering the wealth beat. <laughs> <laughs> if I was a wealth correspondent, that would be my dream job. Do you think that's a, in his uh, email, like in his email footer? Probably. Wealth, wealth correspondent. correspondent. Yeah. And so when rich people get it, they're like, oh. Oh. Makes them feel good. Hey, from the wealth correspondent. They invite him for dinner. (laughs) So it's kind of ironic and funny now that the deeply diseased are now trying to escape the deep disease. They are, according to The Guardian, super rich jet off to disaster bunkers amid (laughs) coronavirus outbreak. Um, like hundreds of thousands of people across the world, the super rich are preparing to self-isolate in the face of an escalation in the coronavirus crisis. But their plans extend far beyond stocking up on hand sanitizer and TV box sets. The world's richest people are chartering private jets to set off for holiday homes or specially prepared disaster bunkers in countries that, so far, appear to have avoided the worst of the COVID-19 outbreak. T- honestly, I was like, TV box sets. Did, did Joe Biden read the this? <laughs> yeah, literally. It's like, <laughs> listen, Jack, put it in the microwave for three minutes. <laughs> put on, <laughs> uh, put on cheers. <clears throat> put on gun smoke. Here, let's yeah. sit down for, for a while. Bonanza. <laughs> Many are understood to be taking personal doctors or nurses on their flights to treat them. And their f- oh my god! And their families in the event that they become infected. They have kidnapped healthcare workers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god! In a global pandemic, they have taken healthcare workers out of off the front lines <laughs> yeah. of a global health pandemic. Yep. To tow them away when they're not even unhealthy. <laughs> to put them up, put them up in a mother-in-law suite. Just in case someone gets a temp. Yep. That's correct. That is what? That is correct. Um, the wealthy are also besieging doctors in private clinics in Harley Street, London, and across the world, demanding private coronavirus tests. To avoid overwhelming limited testing facilities, the NHS said it would test only people with a high chance of having the illness, meaning people who had had close contact with a confirmed case or who had recently gone to a high-risk country. Um... Uh, however, an employee at another Harley Street practice who declined to be named said their clinic had arranged for concerned clients to be tested in other countries or for samples to be sent abroad for testing. 
Um, let's see. Uh, Ken L- Langone, co-founder of the Home Depot chain, knew where to turn when seeking medical advice on the outbreak. The 84-year-old billionaire called an executive and top scientist at NYU Langone Health, the in- the New York hospital named after him, in which he <laughs> chairs. <laughs> That must be nice. <laughs> Fucking A. Not only do they have their own doctors, they have entire hospitals. Named yes, for them. Hospital. Yeah, he just called he said, Yeah, uh boss here. My my cough is from smoking weed, trust me. Um coughing up a lot of resin That's right a now. good 420 meme. <laughs> Coronavirus to the chronic. <laughs> <laughs> just coughing because it hit the bong, man. <laughs> What I've been told by people who are smarter than me in disease is, as of right now, it's a bad flu, he told Bloomberg, the millionaire, the billionaire. Uh, Adam Twid- Twiddell, chief executive of the private jet booking service PrivateFly, said his firm was continuing to see a jump in bookings as wealthy people arrange evacuation flights home from high-risk countries. He said many are from groups which include elderly passengers or those with health conditions that make them particularly concerned about exposure to crowds on airline flights. Uh, We've just flown a group back to London from the south of France with an immunocompromised passenger on board. Twiddell said other rich clients were arranging flights out of the UK and other European countries in advance of the possible introduction of nationwide quarantine measures following Italy's lead. Quintessentially, the concierge company for millionaires, oh, that's the name of the concierge company, quintessentially, (laughs) said members who could not afford private jets had requested access to private airport lounges to avoid the risk of interacting with large numbers of the traveling public. So there's levels to this. If you can't afford afford a private jet, you can at least get a private room in the airport. It's this is so sick. Here's the here's the interesting thing about all this is is they're overcorrecting on this. Like uh, honestly, this is very bad. But like if you just like stayed in your house and disinfected and you know hunkered down for a while, you'd probably be fine in Home Depot, man. Like, but which house on which continent, Tom? <laughs> How do they decide? Yeah. That's true. <laughs> How do they decide which house? And it's just like pulling back the layer that they're like they all have survival bunkers. They've oh. all set up houses like wherever off some island somewhere where they've got a fuck you know months worth of supplies and food ready to go. Oh, read 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 this. Um, Robert Vicino, founder and chief executive of Vivos Group a California-based company constructing underground shelters designed to withstand a range of natural disasters and catastrophes, said his firm had seen a surge in inquiries and sales since the crisis took hold. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Vivos has converted a Cold War bunker in Indiana into accommodation for 80 people. 80. That's it. And is offering space in 575 concrete bunkers in an abandoned Second World War Ordnance Depot in South Dakota. Yeah, no, it's quite literally, if you can afford it, you can go underground. But if you, you can't... can stave off the apocalypse. We what should... we need to do is expropriate the underground bunkers first. That way when it hits the fan and they show up, sorry boys, the yeah. bus is plumb full. I was about to say, yeah, we, we need to take over the Greenbrier Hotel right now. Oh, yes. We, got, we, need, to go, we need to go get the Greenbrier. <laughs> that's that's going to be our headquarters. 
Yes. And the, then barricade, barricade the entrance with revolution. Jim Justice's corpse. <laughs> Just <laughs> rotting, stinking <laughs> bugs. The longer he lies there, the worse it is. Can, you can block a lot of entrance with that corpse. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Um, yeah, no, uh, the rich are, I mean, it's, it's all the things that we saw in Katrina and that we see every day. It's, it's crisis capitalism, disaster yeah. capitalism. Here's a question. You know, I mean, they, I don't know what it is now, but they paid the Greenbrier for decades for that to be the official fallout shelter for Congress. Wherever it is now, do you think we would even know? Would they even tell us that they had sent Congress into a bunker? No. You think Bernie would tell us? Or you think they wouldn't tell Bernie? <laughs> they wouldn't tell Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone but Bernie gets the email. <laughs> no, you're... I guarantee you there is a secret underground place for politicians, and we will never know where it's at. No, I know we, we won't know. Exactly. We know. Well, no, no, you're fucking stupid. It's the Denver airport. Have you not watched Conspiracy <laughs> Theory with yeah. Governor Jesse Ventura? Yeah, the Denver yeah, airport. It, regardless of where it is, I don't even think we would know if they sent, like, if they, like, hit the switch to send everyone there. They wouldn't even tell us. Yeah. No, I think that you're right. <laughs> I think I think uh, a central thesis of this episode and it's something that like we need to come to grips with is that we've always just sort of assumed our whole life that these virtuous rich people are at the wheel and that they're going to do what's more or less fine for all of us. And in reality, there is nobody at the wheel. And also they all have the parachute button that we don't have. So if that doesn't give you the kind of vigor you need to go, you know, Break something, steal something, loot, pillage, you know, basically make their day a little bit harder than uh, I don't know what to tell you. And make no mistake, that parachute button is to rescue them from us. Oh, yeah. This is to get them away from us. Well, I mean, if we all spend the next month in our houses going slowly crazy, like just stir crazy... There's no telling that what, doesn't bode well for them. That doesn't bode well for them once it actually finally lifts and things start to clear up a little bit. No. <laughs> Everybody, dude, I already look like fucking shit. <laughs> In my mind, ain't much to begin with. Yeah. We're not well. Yep. Even if we don't have coronavirus. Um. Well, you know, I I don't know if um. If we've seen a pandemic on this scale in a long time, even AIDS, HIV was um, ge- geographically pretty, well, maybe not. No, I don't know. I guess it was a global pandemic, too. Yeah. It was, and I think it's one that, like, to me, anyway, like, and it's just speaking for the sports, and when we were talking about canceling the NCAA tournament, I was wondering, because... When Magic Johnson announced he was HIV positive, I think in 93, 93 or 94, I can't remember. Uh, I remember that was like, that was like one of those things that people were freaking out about. Like, oh, well, is that going to spread? Can it spread through sweat? Can it spread through saliva? What if somebody elbows him and he bleeds and all this stuff? And it's interesting, (laughs) perhaps... the only heartwarming case of the devil's milkshake that's ever been done was Magic's, uh, the, L- the LA Lakers team doctor, when Magic came back, worked on his cuts with no gloves on. 
Oh my God. <laughs> and he did that. He did that to sort of break the stigma to sort of say that like, Hey, this is not, you, you can't contract it. Like by just, you know, just freehand touching some blood or something like that. Like the risk is extremely low. And of course, magic ended up retiring anyway. But I remember after that, like, you know, Tim Hardaway and Carl Malone and all these players were talking about like, you know, questioning magic sexuality and like, you know, causing all this hysteria about, uh, you know, HIV and all this stuff. And, and, and the NBA actually, uh, you know, they let magic play in the Olympics. They let him come back and play in the all-star game and all that kind of stuff. And so it was like, you know, I think it's important to, once you know the science and the facts of how this stuff is to, you know, do little gestures like that, you know? Yeah. Sort of, you know, but I think, I think right now the, the responsible thing is to, you know, distance and hunker down and try to get this thing out of circulation, you know, and if it's yeah, anyway, I mean, it's, you know, those two things are apples and oranges, you know, and of course that maybe that's easy to say now because we know how HIV spreads, but, uh, and not, a ton about this, you know, even though we suspect it's, you know, like a respiratory thing, like the flu or anything else. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is kind of apples and oranges. Um, I mean, there's no, there's treatment, but no cure for HIV. (sighs) Very different. But even then they didn't cancel the NBA. (laughs) Right. Um, well, I, I, a lot of this is, um, you know, it's funny that like, uh, you know, we talk about sort of like uh, <laughs> dialectics and like how the same forces that can bring a country to prominence or bring a society to prominence can also be the ones that like become its downfall. And it's interesting that... Um, all of our sort of individualism and uh, obsessions about liberty and all this, like, I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but on Twitter and Facebook, you know, you can see these tweets about the coronavirus and then go read the comments and it's just a bunch of MAGA people like, you'll never control me. You know, it's just like, don't tread on me, people. Just be like, Amazing. the same people who were, um, you know, concerned posting about China's response to this and how it was infringing on civil liberties and all this. It just like never occurs to them that maybe other societies conceive of themselves as a collective. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas in America, it's every person for them fucking selves. Yeah. And, uh, and that might have been great um, for the early 20th century in terms of capitalism and bringing us to world dominance, but... Um, it will become our undoing. <laughs> it's, it's now, it's now just suicidal. It's just look, look at, look at how Asian countries handle even much more minor things. Like if you're feeling a fever or sick at all, and you have to travel, they all wear the mask. You know what I mean? And that's just to protect one another. It's not, you know, you get on an American flight and somebody looks like they've got one foot in the grave and they're just like hacking their shit all over you. You know? Yeah. The last time I was at my doctor's office, they have, I mean, this has been a month ago, but they have masks out and I asked them if people were using them and they, cause it was flu season. And they said that they had a man in there with the flu in their do- in the office like the other day. And he was like coughing and hacking and acting awful. And they said, yeah, please, please grab one of these masks and put it on. And he said, hell, I done got it now. <laughs> and they were just looking at him like, it ain't. <laughs> it's not about you. It ain't about you, mo- 
motherfucker. Uh, that's, that's the thing that's been driving me crazy. People who are like, oh, I've already accepted. I'm going to get it. And it's like, that's not the point. The this point is, is you don't want to be yeah. the vector that spreads it to other people. Jesus. Ain't. I mean, uh, yeah, it's so selfish. How we think of this shit. Did you, gold at night. Did you guys see this um, graphic that Vox posted? Um, the United States is currently testing the smallest percentage of its population of any developed nation. Um, so, do we really not have the tests? What's the fucking act? What's actually happening? Is the CDC just scared to send them out? I think it's a few things. They're not releasing the tests. Um, I think that we're dragging our feet. Um, but I also think that in a in a medical system that is entirely centered around profit, that like several boxes have to be checked before any of that can occur. You know what I mean? Like we have to make sure that money can be made off of it first. It's <laughs> truly sick. So by comparison, if you look at this graphic, it's fascinating. Um, cause so like it's on the left hand side is test per million people and on the right hand side is population. So po- South Korea at the very bottom of the list has a population of 51.3 million people, but it has tested 3,692 people per million people. Does that make sense? Whereas very small population bubble, very large, large testing test bu- bubble. Yeah, exactly. But the United States has a population of 320 million people. And has tested one, or has tested 23 in a million people, in every million people. Massive population <laughs> bubble, tiny, <laughs> tiny testing bubble. They don't even have a test bubble. <laughs> 23 out of a million people. Because the South Korea is 3,000 some <laughs> out of a million. Out of a million, yes. Every, for every million people, yeah. they've, they've tested 3,000. In America, we've tested 23 out, out of, of every a million, million people. <laughs> Absurd. I Gotta keep the numbers low, baby. It's an election year. Well, Michelle's sister-in-law or stepsister works at ARH, and her stepmom was over last night, yesterday, and they were saying what the procedure is. She was telling us how like crazy the procedure is if they find out there's like if a, if if someone shows up with coronavirus. That's how she said it at the hospital, and I was like. There's our, they already have corona. Their coronavirus <laughs> is in that hospital. Because she said, no, honey. I said, they don't have any tests. I was like, do you know if they've tested anyone? She said, no, I don't think anyone said they have it. Of course. They, no one. <laughs> who is like knocking, I, knocking on know, the I ER door. Hey, say, I, I got corona. <laughs> I heard somebody say, I heard somebody say, man, it's crazy. Only, only, only famous people are getting this. <laughs> Because they're the only yeah. one with tests. <laughs> they're the only right. one with access to tests. So yeah, definitely coronavirus. They, she so she said if if someone shows up, if if there's a coronavirus, everyone in the hospital has to lock down, and the the people on staff, like the the whatever nurses are on staff at that time, they can't go home. They have um, to stay in the would, hospital. They're that, locking it down. The thing is, there's probably in, at least in cities, in most cities in America, these people have probably been coming there and they've been diagnosing this bronchitis or the flu or something for months now. Yeah, that's what I said. I said there's definitely coronavirus in that hospital, one million percent. My mom had an ultrasound scheduled for this week, and I was like, I just, I don't think it's a good time to go to the hospital, mom. I think you should probably just reschedule your that unless you think it's really important. I mean, if you've not <laughs> just in case you're listening to the show and you just like it for the comedy and the yucks, the jokes and everything, and you're not really on board with the politics. The yucks. <laughs> I just need to stress, reiterate that it could not be more clear of what the choices are. It is literally socialism or barbarism. 
Like we are at the crisis point where all the things we have said about capitalism and about the specifically the individualism and selfishness of this country and its economic system. The skin is melting off. Yeah. And the skeleton is showing. Exactly. And it, it just, again, shows you how absolutely artificial and absurd everything is. And so just to reiterate one more time, you owe nothing to the Democratic Party. You should not temper your political demands especially Medicare for All, we should absolutely not be even c- remotely considering giving up and, uh, and voting, for Joe, fucking voting for Joe Biden. We have the leverage. Use it. Don't fucking blink. Because, again, we, you know, we are in a situation where we have presented before us a, a, an opportunity to show just how heinous the system is and how artificial and preposterous it is. Even if, God forbid, Bernie drops out and supports Biden, let that let us remember Bernie, God love him, is still a bag of bones, a human, and he is not all of this. Exactly. He is not even the fucking center point of this. He is yet a vessel. He's just our vessel. And he is a vessel. <laughs> and if that vessel goes off to Biden, fuck him. Fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. Yeah, we fuck stay it. on track. <laughs> because like we stay on track because fuck the fucking Dems. If anything, he should run as an independent. Yeah, yeah. Because again, because the crisis should show you that like we don't have the luxury or the privilege to connect our movement to a person or a personality. It is quite literally fight or die every day. Every day that we go further into this and we go further into economic collapse and et cetera should show you that it is quite literally the case. Especially now that E-Wars dropped out. We're more united. Just like you wanted. Just like you wanted. <laughs> just like you wanted. The plan yeah. has come together. We we're we we're done with E-War. We probably just need to be done with Bernie too and keep this fucking yeah. shit moving. Even though we... Uh, in in at the end of the day, probably only netted about 11 histrionic <laughs> online activists from the E-War coalition. We gained a bunch of bots. <laughs> that, regardless. <laughs> oh, my God. I muted any mention of Elizabeth Warren. Did and her, you? Oh, oh, I went. You're n- getting paid to talk about this woman and you muted her. <laughs> I, I, I don't even want to think about it. I've even gone so far as to mute just about every single person who was advocating for unity with her for the last six months. I don't even want to think about any of that bullshit ever again. Uh, anyways, erased. well, you heard Terrence say he forgives you all. He's erased it all. I've erased it all. It's completely erased <laughs> all his grievances. Um. So, uh, anything else we need to cover, Tom? Uh, Tanya, before we leave for this week, are you are you uh, still on mute, Tom? No, I'm no, I'm no, I'm here. I've just my TV inexplicably kicked on in the other room, and I'm worried that it's like picking up on this audio. But anyway, <laughs> uh, no, I would just say go with God and don't vote for Joe Biden. Yeah, pretty I solid mean, advice. <clears throat> you know, during this time, and this is even though it. it, it social distancing is being advised and we advise that too even though i came all the way to terrence's fucking cabin if i get coronavirus it's on you buddy (laughs) after he shook every hand in ohio on monday (laughs) 
<laughs> um, for the cause i try I, I when i w- last went and walked around the lake where we parked when i was leaving this young couple pulled up and they were like getting their stroller out of the trunk to push their baby around the lake and i whipped out one of those bernie posters i was like hey you guys want a bernie poster <laughs> that's my canvas what did now. they say no thanks <laughs> Uh, no they respond, They just looked at me and they were like no thanks <laughs> so along that veil maybe carry other things in your car for when you do happen to be out I also have Narcan could have offered on Narcan but that seems a little little forward you want a Narcan in a Bernie post I also keep in my car Narcan and condoms and plan B um, oh but this God. is. Could you imagine giving all of those things to them? Hey, you want a Bernie poster? You want some a, Narcan a condom? Some <laughs> Buddy, I got a condom, some Narcan, and a Bernie poster. You want it? <laughs> Plenty of it, honestly. Um, even more stockpiled at the house. But this is a good. This is there. There are there will be opportunities for mutual aid. Um, here in the next few weeks, especially here in Kentucky, we have close to zero childcare <laughs> infrastructure, oh, and now yeah. all the schools are closed. So um, I came here from babysitting three kids. That's another that's thing. I'm returning to that. <clears throat> that's um, another thing that the continuity of which has been interrupted. School. Yeah, school's <laughs> school been canceled. Sports. People are going to be on edge in the next few weeks, and how we respond to this determines everything. Balking in the face of dumbasses trying to convince you to fold back into the Democratic Party would be a massive error mistake of, of world of historical, historical proportions. proportions. <laughs> it would be. Yeah. So, Consider how you'll be remembered. Exactly. Everything about how we respond to this will determine the, the near term and the long term future. It can't be understated. This might be our last best chance. It really might be. Um... Yeah, and even if it's not, why not? Why not consider it that? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. What do we have to lose? Right. We, I mean, we say this all the time. We have less well, and less well, yeah, to that lose. That was my point. I was trying to end on a nice crescendo. Sorry, right, Tom. Right. I didn't mean to take that from you. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thanks for listening. Um, you know, I don't know how this is going to affect us. Like, let let's say, for example, the economy does go in a deep recession and our Patreon number starts to go down. Uh, <laughs> We're going to keep doing this show as long as we can and as long as we're alive and can afford it. Um, so, you know, maybe we'll make this episode free. It's a pretty good one. So. Yeah, on a wing and a prayer. <laughs> but, yeah, definitely offer, offer child care if you can. You know, offer to cook a meal for somebody. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, and support one another. So, um it, yeah because that's the thing like i was thinking about this last night like i was pretty stoned on my couch and i was like thinking about how unprepared i am not just not 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 necessarily about getting sick like that does suck but like more about like the economic and systemic impacts you know the inhumanity of it all the fascism because fascism is coming you know what i mean like I don't, I don't know if you guys saw these headlines about how they're restricting snap benefits and stuff now in light of all this and they're hardening borders even more and so it's just like we can respond in our own ways because the right is responding in their way and the only way we get through this is with each other like literally yeah literally it's the only way and it's also the only way to not be completely fucking terrified you know what i mean yeah if you can if you can imagine that you'll be uh facing this with a, a lot of other people it will help you get through it. Um, and so, yeah. Because you are indeed facing this with a lot of other people. 
<laughs> Social distance. Stay home for sure, but take solace in that everyone else yeah. is in the same fucking boat. No, this thing should be illuminating to you exactly what the class lines are and how stark they are and how you do not matter to them at the top at all, <laughs> even a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, but you matter to us. But you matter to us. <laughs> So, anyways, thanks for listening, and um, you know, stay safe out there, everybody. Wash your hands. Yeehaw. Tom, any last words? Don't touch your face. Don't touch your face. Don't pick your nose. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see you later. <laughs>